0: Chapter One of Carpenter's Geographical Reader South America. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Carpenter's Geographical Reader South America by Frank Carpenter. Travels through South America. Chapter One From New York to Panama it is a great undertaking to explore a whole continent but that is what i shall ask the boys and girls to do with me in this book we shall travel together over all south america to learn what kind of a country it is and what it has in it and to see for ourselves just what is going on in every part of it we shall first sail from new york to the isthmus of panama and crossing that narrow neck of land go through the pacific ocean along the west coast to the strait of magellan stopping here and there and making many trips far into the interior we shall go through the strait about the southern end of patagonia and then travel along the east coast of the continent through the atlantic to the mouth of the amazon journeying thousands of miles inward at different points and exploring all the great rivers from far up the amazon we shall go north through the wilds into the lands along the caribbean sea and thence take ship for new york this will be a very long journey south america is so large that we must travel much farther than the distance around the world if we would visit only its principal parts it is a difficult trip much of it will be in the andes mountains which are among the highest on earth and in argentina we shall travel over plains and pastures where for thousands of miles we shall not see a hill we shall find all kinds of animals and i might almost say all kinds of men there are curious indians here and there over south america there are mixed races in most of the states and there are numerous negroes as well as several varieties of the caucasian race many of the people have odd customs and we shall find everything strange but our steamer the alianca for the isthmus of panama is lying at its wharf in new york ready to start i wonder if we are well prepared for the journey let us look carefully over our baggage and see it will be hard to buy things in some of the countries for we must remember that but few south american cities have so good stores as we have it is now winter it is so cold in new york that we dare not go out on the street without heavy clothing we shall be in the land of perpetual summer when we step from the steamer upon the isthmus of panama and our overcoats and flannels will seem very hot on the equator and still we cannot throw them away for we shall need them in cold patagonia and while we are climbing the snowy peaks of the andes our first business is to lay in a good stock of all kinds of clothing another thing which each of us needs is a good saddle and bridle many of the journeys will be on donkeys and mules and the saddles sold in south america are very uncomfortable i think the boys should take guns for we may have shots at alligators and jaguars at tapers and perhaps at peccaries or wild hogs we also need cameras and photographic supplies to bring back records of the things we see in order to prove that the stories we tell are founded on truth but stop a moment i wonder if we all have our passports there are often revolutions in South America, and during such it is not the easiest thing in the world to keep one's head on one's shoulders or to keep out of prison. We must be able to prove that we are Americans so that we can claim the protection and rights that our citizens have all over the world. Passports are furnished for this purpose by the Secretary of State at Washington. Each passport is a piece of white paper about as large as a sheet of foolscap certifying that its owner is an american citizen it has the coat of arms of the united states at the top and at the bottom the big red seal of the state department at washington between the two there is a description of the person to whom the passport is given it tells just how tall he is the color of his eyes hair and face whether his nose chin and mouth are big or little and just how old he was when the passport was issued it also bears his signature the paper is signed by the secretary of state and it requests all people to permit the bearer who is a citizen of the united states safely and freely to pass and in case of need to give him all lawful aid and protection we find our passports all right and are counting over our baggage when we are warned that it is time to be off the ship is already finished loading its cargo and we make our way in and out among the men who are wheeling on board the bags containing the south american mails a moment later the bell rings to notify all who are not going with us to leave there are farewell kisses and hurried goodbyes the engines begin to throb and as we wave our handkerchiefs to our friends on the wharf our boat moves slowly out into the east river and down by staten island through the harbor of new york within a short time the city is passed out of view and as evening falls we stand at the stern of the steamer and watch the lights of Sandy Hook fade away into the darkness, realizing that we shall not see our native land for many months to come. It is about 2,000 miles from New York to Cologne, on the Isthmus of Panama, but our ship does not go so fast as the big steamers of the Atlantic, and it takes almost a week for our voyage. The first day out is cold and bracing, and we spend the time in learning our steamer. It is a ship of three thousand tons about fifty feet wide and three hundred feet long it flies the american flag the sailors are from different parts of new england and our captain is a yankee from maine at high noon every day he makes an observation telling by the sun just where we are and a little later on we all rush to the cabin to learn how many miles we have gone in the twenty-four hours at the close of the second day the air becomes warm we are crossing the gulf stream that mighty river of the atlantic which is three thousand times as great as the mississippi in volume the water is now warmer than that of the ocean through which it is flowing it warms the air like a furnace and we can feel the difference as we pass out of it and travel along its eastern edge toward the caribbean sea but why do we not keep in the stream and be warm all the way you will easily see when you remember how hard it is to pull a boat against a strong current the gulf stream flows northward at the rate of three miles an hour and we are going as fast as we can to the south if we should keep in the stream we should have to steam against a three-mile current and we should lose at least three miles an hour we find the weather much colder outside the stream it is not long before it grows warmer however for we are sailing southward and shall soon be in the caribbean sea it is already so pleasant that we can leave off our overcoats and we walk the deck scanning the wide expanse of blue water on all sides but what is that away w- off to our right it is little more than a blue speck in the distance that is one of the most famous islands in the world it is san salvador upon which columbus landed when he first discovered america the sight that greets our eyes is the same that greeted his more than 400 years ago. When he first stood upon San Salvador, he thought it an island off the coast of Asia and did not realize that he had discovered a new world. San Salvador is one of the most fertile of the Bahamas. It produces fruits, grain, and roots in great abundance, and it is as rich today as it was when Columbus landed upon it. A little farther south, we see a white lighthouse standing among a grove of palm trees and the captain tells us we are looking at bird rock island another of the bahamas and still farther south the bleak and rocky coasts of eastern cuba come into view with the purple mountains of haiti in plain sight on the opposite side of the ship we sail between these two islands for hours and then go out over the blue waters of the caribbean the sea is now like glass the sun is quite hot at noon but during the rest of the day the air is soft warm and pleasant it is like a june day in ohio we put on our thin linen clothes and enjoy our voyage over the tropical seas we sail for two days with no land in sight there are few ships and the only moving things upon the waters are the gulls which hover about us and the schools of flying fish which dart from wave to wave one now and then jumping too high and lighting on our deck in its flight but listen the captain calls out that we are approaching the Isthmus of Panama. We are coming near to that wonderful strip of earth and rock which ties North and South America together. We rush to the prow of the ship and look toward the west. At last, a thin hazy line of blue floats up out of the waters at the horizon. Now the blue deepens. It rises up in the form of low mountains while little green islands bob out of the sea in front of our ship now we are closer that tall shaft there at the right is the toro lighthouse and the buildings and docks at the left are those of cristobal at the entrance to the panama canal beside cristobal is cologne the old town on this side of the isthmus see the palm trees shading the houses they extend down to the shore and their fan-like leaves are moving to and fro in the breeze as if they were waving to us a welcome to panama End of chapter 1